welcome to the Mum Style Business Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise Warren, a marketing agency CEO, business strategist, digital marketing mentor, wife, and mama of four little ones. Now here, we combine ambition and motherhood and well-being, and we help you leverage the skills you already have to build a flexible business that gets you both the income and the freedom that you started it to achieve. Stay tuned for conversations with inspirational and successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. Welcome, welcome to the show. I have the incredible Rosie Shiloh with me today. Rosie owns and runs Virtually Yours, a network for over 190 Australian virtual assistants, which she founded in 2004. Rosie has mentored many new and experienced VAs in their businesses and has seen them overcome many hurdles to achieve amazing goals. This inspired her to write Va Va Voom, is that how I say that? How to become an amazing VA and every client's most valued asset, which was published in 2014 and has sold hundreds of copies to date. Since then, she's also published Reaching for the Stars, A Woman's Guide to Becoming a Stellar Virtual Assistant. Rosie has such an incredible name in this space, and I'm so thrilled and honored to that she is joining us today. So welcome, Rosie. Hello, thank you so much. Thank you. And I know how fun it is to read a bio at the start of a podcast. Well done making your way through that. <laughs> you know, sometimes, normally I give people the warning. I'm, like, I'm going to try it twice. And if I stuff it up twice, I'm going to record it later. <laughs> but we made it. We so, made it. Well done. Thank you truly for, for making the time. So 18 years in business. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I, I know I, I say all the time I know I look like I'm in my 20s but you know uh, <laughs> you do no I don't thank you though I'm gonna take that um it, it does it's flown by in some regards actually because it's evolved so much over the years and you know this through being you know in business yourself it evolves all the time so there's like chunks of it that are just flown by and then other bits that just are like this distant memory where yeah everything is um yeah it's like a different business sometimes how it feels but yeah, um, it's been quite the journey. So let's talk about that. Why did you start your business? I started it. I was actually in my mid-20s when I started it. I was um, really sick of the whole workplace sort of environment. I'd been in a few. Um, I don't think I was the common denominator, but there was uh, issues. You know, there's constantly those issues around, um, you know, different personalities within being sort of shoved together in a workplace trying to achieve a lot of the time different objectives and um, my job at that point I was working uh, for a not-for-profit which was something that I'd always wanted to do and that was really great it wasn't in corporate I'd been in corporate uh, yet I was still finding that there was a lot of stress and anxiety in this case it was around reducing constantly reducing funding but increasing the the um, pressure on staff including staff that I was who I was managing so I just found it hugely stressful and being constantly in middle management type jobs I was sort of that person who had the you know that relationship with the computer I could resolve pretty much any problem when it came to computers I had a good head for administration for um, processes policy that sort of thing and so I uh, ended up looking at how to offer those sorts of services to small businesses who didn't want to have staff 
and um, found the virtual assistant industry. So that's how it actually just kind of, my, my dad actually was the one who suggested that I look that up because he was self-employed at the time and he was tapping into the sort of skills that I had. And he said, I'm not the only one who would benefit from this. You should check out, see if there's other business owners, even locally, who would like some, you know, have someone they can tap into to help them with problems in their their business with their admin or their computers. And um, and yeah, I realised that it could be a lot lot broader than that, a lot further afield. Way ahead of your time, Rosie. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what it would bring. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, so in that time, you had two children. Mm, yeah. So how, what does that journey look like for you becoming a mom and then the different phases that that, that, that brings and evolution of the business and all of that? Because it's, um, it's a juggle, right? Oh, my God, it is such a juggle. I'm always grateful that I went through that startup phase without kids um so I was able to just sort of go through those initial hurdles on you know doing my own thing without having that external pressure and I had always prior to to the jobs that I had at that point I'd been a nanny as well I was one of those people that always had 500 jobs which is ironic because now I won't work for anybody (laughs) so there's like no jobs I think I got them all out of my system from the age of 14 to 24 (laughs) And um, yeah, I I knew then as well that I wanted to work from home so that I could be there for my kids. So that if they, for example, as you saw before the podcast recording started, I have a kid at home today who's not feeling a hundred percent, and I've got another one that's at school. And I wanted to be that mum who had the flexibility and didn't have to ask permission to go and look after my kids when they needed me, and to also be there above and beyond that, where it didn't have to be just when they officially needed me sometimes it's just nice to be there and to to have that extra space with them even though they do drive you mental at times that is still an absolute privilege and so I'd started with that in mind and then when I had my first kid I um during both pregnancies I was nauseous the entire time I was that that person and I would do sessions like this or webinars and, and you know, training sessions with a bucket next to my keyboard. I was that oh pregnant person. It was awful. And you keep going through because you're like, you know, this is what I've always done. I've soldiered through. I get through it. Um, and then when I had my first, I realised the first thing that I pulled back on was my volunteer stuff. So I had been quite active in a, a number of volunteer roles through Rotary through St John's Ambulance through a program called Kids Under Canvas and I pulled back on everything because I realized that my focus needed to be on keeping my business going but also on this new little fresh bubba and I just couldn't spread myself so thin anymore so that was something that took a little bit of getting my head around like to stop saying yes to everything and but you know I'm really good at it now and then I had another kid a few years later and I everything back in again so even the programs that my kids are involved in I am very selective about where I spend my time um, and give my time away and also in my business I make sure I've made sure over the last few years I think I'm way smarter in terms of how I set up my processes how I manage my time 
because I don't take it for granted anymore. I used to just take for granted that I had all the hours in the day and didn't even think that I had all of that at that time. And then you realise as you become a parent that it all just feels uh, like that's flashed in half at least. So I had to really modify um, the way that I was working, but I don't think that I felt like I was missing out. I think it just became more um, about creating a structure and an environment that allowed me to keep going the way the way I wanted to keep going. Does that make sense? Yeah, sounds like you just were prioritizing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a way easier way of saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, it's just a summary. I think we need to yeah. hear, as women, we need to hear other people's, you know, thought processes and how they tackle it because we all are going to end up with something a little different. But it's yeah. so helpful to really hear the truth behind, like, you know, I was feeling like this, but I had to adjust like that. And then this is now what works. And because we're going to take different pieces from, from everyone and be like, oh, she does that that way. Okay. That sounds good. Oh, hang on. Oh, I definitely don't want that for me. Like it's, it's really great to, yeah, to hear the long version. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And just the, the being realistic about what it looks like for each person. And, and yeah, I love that. I'm very big belief too in hearing the different things and taking what works for you because we're all I'm passionate about people identifying what their definition of success is and then working towards that. And for me, my definition of success was never around making a million dollars or anything like that. It was always about having choice each day when I got up to spend the day as I needed and wanted to with a focus on my family, on my, you know, my mental well-being as well, which meant that I had to identify as well. I think when you become a parent, you often will, you'll pull back on those things, but you'll also lose your identity in terms of what makes you, you, mm. and what also makes you the best version of you. So for a few years there, quite a few years there, I wasn't doing things that um, really made me feel more grounded and more, more me. So <laughs> this is all about them. And for the first few years, that's okay, because they need that. And re-identifying people I suppose that's what people when they're looking for themselves again they're trying to figure out what is it that I've dropped that I didn't notice I've dropped that I need to bring back into my life to make it so that I am more me and more whole in me so for me I found out that I needed to have creative aspects I needed to have physical aspects I needed to have you know things so the things for me were around getting out into nature gardening art reading socializing with my friends food I love food and going out and having other people cook me food is one of my favorite things <laughs> yes ditto <laughs> yeah so if, when they fall off the bandwagon because you're so busy being mum and business owner or as some people call mumpreneur not a massive fan of that but you know merging these two identities into one and forgetting that there's actually a person behind all of that who is unique and needs their own things that are completely separate um, yeah, I, I ended up calling those things my non-negotiables. And if I didn't incorporate those things into my life as a priority, it's not just me that would suffer, everyone would suffer because I would not be a happy person. Yeah, I, it, that took me a little while. And I think yeah. there's so much guilt too wrapped up in that. Like I, I was actually, we had agreed that I would be a stay-at-home mum. 
And I got six months in and I was like, ah, I can't do it. (laughs) I need a job. And then there was that guilt around. I was like, no, actually, I need to step away to come back and be the best me. Otherwise, they're just going to get 50% me all the time. Never, you know, I'm never going to be my best. 50% guilt for not being either good at either thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, that is definitely a process. And I love that you called them non-negotiables because we can often put ourselves at the bottom of the pile, but it sounds like you, you know, you picked that up again pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I realized, I mean, I, I, years and years prior to even before starting my business, I'd suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. And I knew that my mental health was something that I needed to give focus to. And I actually, it's funny. I had, um, you go through various, you know, things that you try, strategies to try and make things work for you. But there was actually a um, a coach, her name's Emily Chadbourne, and one of the things that I got from listening to her was about how everybody has a certain level of drama they need in their life. And so what I was finding was sometimes when things were going very cruisy and very neutral and, you know, what you should be happy with, what you shouldn't be taking for granted, I would find completely completely and this is probably like the work the stay-at-home mum thing for you to completely uh set me off and I'd be like I don't know what's wrong here I'm feeling guilty because I feel frustrated I feel like I'm not happy and I don't know why and it was because there wasn't enough drama in my life but the thing is drama doesn't have to be a bad thing drama can be a good thing so we all need a certain amount and to identify okay well if everything's just going hunky-dory there's no sort of excitement or newness to life and for some of us that's just so torturous <laughs> yeah need that variety and adventure that's right adventure is a perfect word and so we need to identify okay am I going to bring drama in by going I hate everyone and this all sucks blah blah, blah because it is it feels satisfying it's like I feel guilty about this but I need to let all this out and I'm going to drag everyone else down with me or am I going to go all right, I'm going to start a new course with something that's really exciting or I'm going to go and buy it. Like one of the things, I bought a camera and I became, I started doing photography and just different types of drama that are a positive thing that you can bring into your world. And when she was telling me about this and how you can choose what sort of drama there is in your life, I think that was one of the biggest changes for me was because I then finally identified what that need was Mm-hmm. to make it so that my my thing, my meanness um, felt more complete and it didn't feel so bland. So good. Yeah, I've never heard it been put that way, but I'm thinking about different people that I know and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It so was good. really powerful it was, and it was just such a simple thing. I'll never, I'll never forget that she gave me the gift of that information um, because it was just, it's that self-awareness and, I've worked on emotional intelligence and everything like that, but I needed to hear that as well to then go uh, to see. I'm very visual too. I needed to see what was what was missing and how I was approaching, how I was feeling. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Are these some of your photos? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I decided to just completely graffiti my office. <laughs> For people who can't see this, this photography. <laughs> so <Yeah>. cool. Um, <laughs> so... So tell me now, what does the business look like now? Because you kind of talked a little bit at the start and now, you know, how we've been juggling motherhood. But what, is, what does the business actually look like now? 
Uh, the business, I love that each year the business becomes a better version of itself in that it's much more about um, delivering on the, these key elements that I'm looking at. So for me, advocating for Australian virtual assistance is a really, really big thing for me. And it's one of the things that I think defines virtually yours from other networks is that I'm so passionate about um, making sure that business owners and the virtual assistants within the industry can get the absolute best um, from each other and also just really get where, where each of us is coming from. I, When I first started off, I was, you know, as I said, I was in my sort of early to mid-20s, I think I was about 24, and um, I thought business owners were so intimidating. You know, they were just, oh, they're running a business, they must be so important, blah, blah, blah. They are important. <laughs> oh, it's so important. We're definitely unique <laughs> and not everyone can do it, but that doesn't make you any better than any other person that's on this business journey with you. And there does seem to be this idea that um, when you get help in your business, we pick and choose which help is um, worthy of more respect than other things, even though we need all of these bits and pieces done to make our business successful. And so I like to sort of stomp on that a bit and try and, try and help people recognise the value of each cog in our business. And, um, and both sides of the table need to understand the value of that because the virtual assistants often think these things are so easy because it's how their brain works that they accept when a, a business owner who doesn't know how to do it, can't do it physically, mentally, or perhaps in terms of their time, um, strategically, they need that help. Yet suddenly, because you're saying it's so easy, they're going to treat you like you're less. Whereas if you go and hire someone, especially men, um, sorry to the blokes out here, actually empower, it's power to you, really. A guy's not going to say, I'm a virtual assistant, I do websites. They're going to say, I'm a web developer and my website started $5,000 a pop, right? A woman will say, I'm a, web, I'm a virtual assistant because I'm offering it virtually. And yes, both of them are part of the virtual assistant industry because they're offering it virtually, we're assuming that this guy is. Um, but she'll start with that more general term and then qualify it with, I'm a web, I do websites. And she will kind of tend to, um, minimize it in the way in the the what she's bringing to the table and the way the two it's it's definitely stereotypes here in terms of gender but I do see it a lot where the the women are like well I'm good at it but I don't want people to compare me to the big shop web designers the thing is have you spoken to a big shop web designer like they do exactly the same thing you do <laughs> so um, I hear this with copywriters. I hear this with people who do design work, with social media managers, helping with advertising, where they think for some reason because they're not an agency, and this is, Annalise, this is something you can help them wrap their heads around, um, that they, for some reason, you may be less skilled, but not because of that. It's that your, yeah. quanti your, your qualifier should be actually your skill level, not your like the way women perceive themselves, which it's very messy and very frustrating. So yeah. Yeah, I went so off tangent there. Good, <laughs> good. That's why we're here. <laughs> but, you, but you're so right. And they say, I'm just, like that qualifier, mm. I'm, I'm just this or we, I just do. I'm like, no, no. Think about mm. the value you're bringing to the organisation. It's not just, we're, we're so conditioned to, you know, 
have this hourly rate perspective. Yes. Not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but if that's what we we are valuing our time yeah. like that and not the value to the business, then it keeps so many people stuck. And that's, I think, why they minimize it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, it's kind of part of part of minimizing it rather than going, oh my gosh, the value to the organization is this. Mm. And that's why I can charge whatever the heck you want to charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my husband really struggled with that because he was a carpenter and he'd worked what 20 years nearly, probably not 15, in that hourly rate mentality. So then to move, he's a web developer now, like he retrained as a web developer. Yeah. When I said suggested a price, he was like, I can't do that. It's only going to take me this. I'm like, it doesn't actually matter. It's going to take you that amount of time because you've done all of this training for free that now you can do it in that. It doesn't minimize the value of the thing to the business. And so I think, yes, yes, and yes, I'm sitting here like as you're talking, going like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I get on a soapbox. I do. I Because I get so frustrated with it and I know it's so mixed up with mindset um, but then there's mindset coaches out there that kind of muddy the waters as well. So it gets really hard for people to, to figure out exactly where they're at. And then you'll have someone, I have, I've had people come in who've joined my network who just want the job lead. They're not interested in the training. They just want the job lead. And they don't hang around for long because, to be honest, I'm not guaranteeing you job leads. You have to wow each and every client. And unless you have a community around you and unless you're constantly training, you're probably not going to wow any clients. So, you know, there's a whole package here. But they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, well, I can do it for, I don't know, $20, $30 an hour because I don't have other expenses. And it's like, no, you don't because you're not working on building your community. You're not working on learning more. You probably don't have any kind of insurance. When your equipment shits itself, you're stuffed. Um, and all you're doing is you're read, right? Like you're, you're laying it down again for everyone who's got these mindset issues about what they're worth. And odds are you are kind of sucky at what you're offering. So you shouldn't be here in the first place. And so it's very, very hard to kind of try to advocate and and you can't you can't sort of... I don't know, be sort of vague and soft around um, the truths behind that. Like why would someone come in at such a low rate, not want to work on their business um, and undermine everybody's pricing? Like why would they want to do that? Because they don't really have much to offer. So they're not going to hang around for very long and off they go. But what they do do is, is quite damaging. So a lot of the blog posts and stuff I write are about is this right for you? Do you have what it takes? You know, are you stuffing up these relationships with clients? You know, is this what you're doing? Because that's what I see doing the most damage in the industry, that kind of mindset. And then the, the clients that want those people, but then get, get really shitty because they don't get the support they need. And suddenly there's this evil cycle where they keep treating people badly, paying people badly, not getting the support they need and so on and so forth. So this episode is brought to you by freesio the all-in-one marketing automation platform for service providers so if you are ready to say see ya to late nights wasted on tech then claim your free 10-day trial today Freesio is the one tool that you need for your CRM, your website and funnels, your communication hub, your social media scheduling, calendar bookings, forms, surveys, quizzes, 
contract signing, automations, client payments, reputation management, memberships and course hosting. Yes, all in one tool. I know, I couldn't believe it either at first. So if you would like to claim your free 10-day trial, hop on over to freeceo.tech. That's F-R-E-E-C-E-O.tech and claim your free 10-day trial today. How do you talk to people about breaking that cycle or how do you see that cycle being broken? What's the root of that, do you think? I think, um, well, for some people, I can't help them just because they do need to get that mindset thing out of it, out, you know, sorted out. But when I, um, as you know, I offer training for new virtual assistants. So they've got to come to the table with skills that they can turn into an offering. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll help them understand what, what they bring to the table, how that could be turned into an offering that solves a problem, and then the, the structures of setting themselves up as a business, marketing and whatnot. And within that, the first thing that we look at is you as a human. Can you handle it? You know, do you value yourself? How are you going to cope when anybody challenges you on that? Um, you know, how are you going to manage your time, your effort, what does what do what are the gaps for you? You know, you've got strengths, but what are your weaknesses? And we look at all of that. And I think a lot of people start with a website and they don't look at any of that. And when we're looking at that, we're identifying as well what makes them tick, what things um, you know really invigorate them. What are the long term sort of offerings that they could come up with that they're going to actually want to keep learning about and want to offer and are excited about that solution and then we can go okay well so who has that problem and let's identify our ideal client and then where are we going to you know how are we going to get that messaging out to them what's your brand voice blah 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 but so many people start off with the, with the opposite end of things they go okay this, totally. this is my website and that they spend want- six months doing <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna grab elements of everybody else's businesses and shove them in here because I don't have any self-identity with this. I don't know what problem I solve. I just know that I can do, I'm going to pick a couple of things. I'm going to do social media management and I'm going to do some graphics in Canva and that's enough, you know. Um, But they don't actually know what any of that means. They don't have any understanding of what their strengths, their weaknesses are, what, how they can price it out and why. And any understanding of their ideal client and their ideal client's journey um they are those the people that start with that kind of and I was guilty of saying to people when a lot of the virtual assistant work that I offered before I um, cut that off and focused on the training instead um so I was doing for about 10 years most of the virtual assistant work I was doing was website and so I'd say to people yes you have to have a website get your website up and I'd realise that they don't know what to put on their website because they don't know who they are. They don't know what their offering is. And as a web designer, you just go, well, give me some dummy text and I'll chuck it in. It's not really my focus. My focus is not helping you on helping you solve that problem. So who is? You know, if you're starting the first partnerships you're having in business is hiring people to build your website or build a brand for you, they're not going to sit down and say to you, okay, let's look at why you've come to here to, you know, do what you're doing, you know, what skills you have, what weaknesses you have, like all the things that I mentioned before, they're just going to say, well, you need to get someone to bring some, you know, just put some dummy content together or just give me some graphics because they just want to get that job done. Yeah. They tend to be the first 
kind of coach you feel like you have in business. And that's, yeah, that's actually a really bad way of approaching it in my view. Yeah, I, I love that you said to find an offering that solves a problem mm. because I think that like that's step one, right, is what yeah. is the offering that solves the problem? What's the problem? Not like what do you want to do, but like what do the people actually need? How are you serving? Mm. Because the bigger that problem, the bigger your solution, mm. the more you can put a price on that. Because 100%, yeah. You don't have if a job you, without a problem. That's right. And that's how you price it. Yeah. You know, that is exactly how you price it. How big is the problem you solve? Yeah. And I think, so it comes down to that and knowing your value in that, Mm. like know what the problem is. What does that actually cost that business? Because not everyone, when you're getting started, I think we think that everyone else has a money problem like we do, Mm -hmm. but it's not the case. A lot of people have more money than time. And so you're going to solve that. Like the money thing doesn't actually matter. You solve the problem, like perfect, perfect. Like done. I've had, you know, anyway, I don't need to tell stories about that, but it, I think I think it cuts. (laughs) I've been told that we're like forty percent more than other services, but they still go with us because we or like previous services that they've had. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Like that, okay, good. But I know the problem, right? And they'll pay it, and they would pay more. Mm -hmm. But it, you do need to know that problem, the value of that, and link your worth to that. Mm-hmm. rather than just going oh my gosh I need to pay the bills because that's the so it's really short-sighted yes yes and that's you know like I was talking about earlier where people go I just need some money coming in I'm just gonna be a virtual assistant and I go what does that even look like what are you what are you bringing to the table what problem are you going to solve and they're like well I just want to be a virtual assistant I'm like well that's as clear as mud good luck marketing that yeah. I like I cannot help you with that you need to be willing to dig um, deeper I love that you're so honest <laughs> I love it. Good. We need that, right? I'm so blunt yeah. as well. And I think that that's really, it is really needed. But I, um, I forgot what else was I was going to say. But well, in terms of pricing, you know, we've had, I had, I did a bit of a rant in my group the other day. Um, we call them Rosie's ranty pants because I do get ranty. Good. And, <laughs> yeah. And it was around because um, we have access to job leads in our network. And one of the things that people tick is a box saying that they understand that everyone's got their own pricing structure and we don't tend to have anybody who's going to be charging any less than $40 per hour and that's for base level services, right? Tick that if you agree and you want to continue going through our you know, job lead process, which is a free process. And then people will come through and they'll talk to the virtual assistants and they'll be like, well, actually, I want to pay this to start with and then if I think you're any good, we'll increase your rate. And honestly, all I want to do, and I hate phones, but all I want to do is call them up and say, are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me that you think that that is appropriate to say to another business owner who has the skills that you need to make your business grow, to give you return on investment, to give you time back, to give you additional input into your business, to then go, this is what I'm offering to pay. No, it's not what you're offering to pay. It's what you've decided you can afford and you're too embarrassed to say, I can't afford any more. So either own that you can't afford it and a lot of people can't, that's okay, or rejig your budget. But don't put it on the virtual assistant to modify their pricing, their entire business structure mm. because of your inadequacies. And so, yeah, I, ooh, I get pretty <laughs> about that. <laughs> Just, we're all adults here. We're all human beings. Yeah. And we start acting like it. 
Yeah. And because it's only going to end badly. And this is what I, what I, what I see a lot of people, a lot of the women that I work with, they're successful VAs or they're successful, you know, B2B service providers. And then, so they do, they, they undercharge at the start because they just want some work. And then they're booked out with clients. They've created this horrible prison with themselves. They're drowning in client work and to get out of that place, but continue to pay the bills can be really tricky. So don't, if you're starting this, start with that in mind, right? You only have so many hours in the day, <laughs> kind of like yeah. what we were talking about before. Yeah. You can't, it's not going to work if it, if it, doesn't, if it doesn't work on, on paper. You have to yeah. think ahead and actually charge what you're worth. Yeah, I said to somebody the other day, you know, you can either have, um, you know, 10 hours at a rate, you know, working 10 hours a week at a rate that's bringing in the revenue that you need it to doing the work that you're doing and you're focused and you're feeling appreciated or you can work twice as long and feel unappreciated and doing twice as much work for the same amount of money. I mean, who's giving you a gift here? There's no gift um, to by saying, I will, I'll hire you, I'll employ, not employ, I'll hire you as a contractor at this rate that is below what you calculated you need to charge um because and you know especially when they want more hours i i really dislike having discounts for more hours it's like if you want more hours it's like if you go to mcdonald's and i buy 10 burgers it's going to cost me 10 times one burger if i buy 20 burgers it's going to cost me 20 times one burger it's not going to be discounted because the price is what the price is the deal is that they will make sure that you have access to 20 burgers right they'll go oh we need to get 20 burgers sorted out here people that person's going to be allocated to making your 20 burgers. That is the gift to you. And if yes. you want to do it with hours, the gift is we're going to make those hours available to you. So mm-hmm. stop asking for discounts, please. Yeah, totally. I agree. <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> so, Rosie, we kind of might maybe touch on some of these things, but what are some of the biggest challenges that you've walked through on your journey and what has that actually taught you? Ah, uh, yeah. The hard thing is feeling like I think because the industry, these all sort of things, these questions are so good because it just makes me sort of my cogs turn as well. So I come up. I don't know what my answer is going to be until it comes out of my mouth. So, but I think because there's so much growth within our industry, businesses, online businesses here in Australia, and as far as I know around the world, um, it means there's a whole lot new of new people coming in, and so sometimes it can feel like you are saying the same thing again and again and again and it's never being heard but of course there's a cycle you know there's people that are staying around like who've been in business for a long time but there's a lot of people who don't stay for huge amounts of years they'll be around for five years ten years uh, maybe two years a lot of people don't last beyond two or three years in business and then someone new will come through and so you do feel like you're constantly saying the same thing trying to get this message across and then of course sometimes there'll be people who are also advocating who advocate a different way and you know you feel like they're sort of muddying the waters again a little bit you know in terms of like we're talking about how people um you know with for me one of the big issues has been talking about virtual assistance as an industry as opposed to a set service because there is no service that is virtual assistance virtual assistance is b2b um, virtual, right? Yeah. So if you're offering it online and it's a business to business service, it's a virtual assistant. Um, previously in the past, when I started 18 years ago, it was an administrator, someone who did admin. Yeah. 
yeah but now I love that's that it's true I'm so glad that you're saying that because I've always thought that way, you know, bookkeepers, graphic designers, like all all of the things. And so, yeah, I love, I love that. And so people need to stop saying I'm a virtual assistant, end of sentence. You know, they need to say I'm in the virtual assistant industry and I specialize in blah, blah, blah. Right. Or just own the fact and enjoy and tap into the fact that you're part of a virtual assistant industry. You don't even have to say I'm a virtual assistant. You just are. So, um, yeah, that's something that I've found really hard because I still see people out there talking about virtual assistants as if that is only administration. And it's just insane because, you know, since I started, all of these programs have made it available for every service offering to be online now that wasn't back then. And so why the terminology isn't growing with that? And the people that call it admin are virtual assistants who are running bigger groups, for example, or maybe they're offering coaching and all they focus on is admin. So they're not even looking beyond, yet they'll have this voice saying that virtual assistance is admin and it's, it's not true, it's not helpful to anybody. So um, that's probably the most frustrating thing I've had is just having to constantly communicate to the market this particular message. And I know, so when you're running a business and you feel like, I, I just want to be heads down, thumbs up and get things done, you do have to keep on educating people in business and it, it can get a bit exhausting at times. Yeah, I I can relate to feeling a little bit on repeat, but yeah. <laughs> I think, Rosie, you can be confident that it's it's making a dent. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> your community yeah. is telling you that, you know, it it's making a difference and people are listening. And, oh, that's good. you know, 18 years is that's an incredible legacy to you know mm. to to have especially as it's evolved so much even in the last you know couple of years yeah so yeah yeah keep doing the <laughs> maybe you just need to repurpose videos from like five years ago so you don't have to actually yeah. keep saying the things <laughs> yeah I do I need to just stop and like everything that I keep getting asked just record record it and then just rehash it again and again <laughs> I mean this is you know what I learned over the last few years is that um, so there's a whole period of time there where my hair color changed every year, right? Now I limit that to maybe having like a little bit of pink under here or whatnot so that I don't look so different in my videos that, yeah. <laughs> that people go, hang on, who's that woman? Yeah, I had a friend who recently changed her hair from brown to blonde and I honestly did not recognize her <laughs> in the room. I was like, oh. I've got all of these promo pics of me with brown hair. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I can't really use yeah I'm still rocking mine even though I'm blonder I love your hair Uh, thanks similar actually I don't mean any short blonde you know it's because I can carry it off like us yeah well there you go perfect (laughs) so what advice have you got Rosie, for people who are getting started who are considering making the leap I mean I started my business because I wanted more flexi time. I wanted to be home with my family. That was pre hope like, you know, six years ago now when it wasn't the norm to be home with your family. (laughs) And that's why I started my business, but it was such a big leap. And so what do you say to that person on the fence or who's just getting started and maybe struggling a bit? Like what advice have you got for that woman? Those are the people that I love working with the most. Um, If if they go, if... The first thing is to have a really good think about if I do this, what what is one of the main things that I want to achieve out of this? And is that enough to keep me going when the going gets tough? 
Um, and then who? the next thing is who's going to be on my team? So that's when you start looking at places like the community. So virtually yours, please go and check it out. See if it has the vibe that you like, you know, the community that you like the feel of, the people in there that you want to learn from and also who you feel like you can go to for advice or for a shoulder to cry on when you need it and find that place wherever it might be and just put so much value on the community around you. You can't rely on friends and family with this unless they are running a business that is similar or even just running a business because it's it's a whole different issue. They Everything don't get that you, it. They don't get it. It's kind of like talking to your friends about having you know, when you're, you've just popped out a baby and you're trying to explain to someone who hasn't popped out a baby what the hell just happened to you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is impossible and it's nothing on them. It's just really, really hard. And so you need to build up your community of peers who can go, I get it, and you know they mean it. And they're not going to just say, well, you know, maybe you should just go and get a job or whatever. You need people who are going to back you when the going gets tough. So for me, community which is why I built my community community is everything so find out what you what you want to be doing this for is it enough to deal with when the going gets tough um and go and find find a community that you're going to feel is you know your safe space so good thank you Rosie you're really I really that was such a good conversation I, I love that we can get real and talk about the nitty gritty stuff that, you know, is the truth. And it's not just that shiny, yay, start your business, be a millionaire. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we can actually talk about. Yeah. It's my favorite. And all of yeah. that, all of that stuff. And I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way now running my own business, but it is such a, it's for many of us, it's so contrary to what we were taught in school. Yeah. yeah. And, yep. and we that, honestly, you know. we weren't taught in school either. So be kind to yourself and, 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 and notice like, okay, these, there's so many things that you're not going to know about running a business. There's so many things because they're not taught in high school, in primary school. So where were you meant to go and learn it? Well, now you can, which is so awesome. Every business owner out there should be curious. So go out there and learn what you can and just create a list. Go, these are the things that are exciting. I'm going to learn more about. This is what I need to know more about. But holy crap, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm going to outsource that and just own it. You know? Love it. So good. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time today, Rosie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mum Style Business Podcast two things you should know. First, come and join the party. I'm live with free marketing training inside the Social Marketing Method Facebook group every single week. This is where you can ask questions and get the answers that you need to simplify your strategy and amplify your income. Go to AnnaliseWarn.com forward slash group and join and network there with incredible women and incredible community of like-minded business owners. Now, second, if you have got any value from this episode, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and share it out on your socials. Your support helps us to reach more women in business and inspire them to increase our impact in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you next week.